0: And a very good morning back here on the Farm Hour over 104.5 WQKT on a Tuesday morning. Rory Lewandowski, our good friend from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County, joining us today. And uh, for the second straight week, we're going to be talking about milk quality with Rory. On a previous program, we discussed measuring and how to move forward with milk quality in terms of measuring. Today, we're focusing in more depth on one of those two measures somatic cell count or scc rory i bring you in i say very good morning first off uh why the focus on somatic cell count as we kick things off here this morning why is that so important
1: sure well good morning ron um That somatic cell count, it's an important measure because, again, it correlates uh, directly with mastitis. Uh, Now, mastitis, it's a costly disease for our dairy producers. It's responsible for economic losses due to reduced milk production, uh, discarded milk, drug and veterinary costs. It can have uh, impact on reducing reproductive performance and even uh, lead to, obviously, premature culling in our milking herd. Now, in some cases, a high somatic cell count will also result in loss of uh, premiums or more commonly, uh, lately, we see discounts in milk price if that somatic cell count goes too high. So high somatic cell count milk uh, typically is lower quality milk. It has reduced processing and manufacturing properties. Uh, Probably most common would be we get lower cheese yields and shorter shelf life. Uh, with a high somatic cell count milk. Now, again, I'm not, not saying to focus on somatic cell count to exclusion of all the other milk quality measures we previously discussed, but managing for low somatic cell count uh, solves a lot of our milk quality issues uh, and can really help uh, in solving some of those uh, other counts that we talked about as well.
0: Rory, how does a dairy farmer get information first off about somatic cell count, and, and what does a somatic cell count number signify?
1: Well, the significance of any somatic cell count is really in, again, relationship to a mastitis level in the dairy herd or in individual dairy cows, uh, as well as what that count is doing over time. So we want to kind of measure that trend. Milk from an uninfected udder uh, should contain less than 100,000 somatic cell count, somatic cells per milliliter. And then somatic cells Above 200,000 would indicate that there is some kind of inflammatory response. There's some level of infection uh, in that udder. Or if it was higher before and it's, it's at 200,000, maybe it's coming down and, and the cow is getting better. could indicate a re- recovery from infection. So now all dairy farms uh, do get a bulk tank somatic cell count number. That number can be used to gauge the infection level in the herd, but it's not going to help you individually. Uh, identify which individual cow maybe has that problem or cows have the, the problem. The number can be used, again, just kind of on a herd-wide basis and over time to indicate uh, what's happening in that herd. So if we have an increasing bulk tank somatic cell count, that indicates the percentage of infected utter quarters is increasing. And along with that, uh, we've got to expect that we're getting some production losses. Uh, for example, A bulk tank somatic cell count above 200,000 but below 500,000 typically is going to signify that there's a production loss of probably in about that at least 8% range. Now herds that are on the Dairy Herd Improvement Association testing program will receive individual cow somatic cell counts uh, and a cell count score. The value is that allows you to see what's happening to somatic cell count over time. Uh, It also allows you to identify individual cows. And the again, the key is watching that trend. So uh, is it staying the same? Is it increasing? Is it decreasing as a way to, again, uh,
0: begin to diagnose uh, issues in your herd? Okay. Hypothetically, if my somatic cell count scores are over 200,000 and they're also increasing, I know I have a potential mastitis infection. So now what? Uh, and I've got the information. So how do I use it? Right. So good questions there, Ron.
1: So uh, for those herds that have individual cow testing, identifying cows with somatic cell count over 200,000 is is the starting place. Those testing records then can also be used to identify trends as well as some potential management practices that need more attention. So for example, uh, is the mastitis more prevalent in younger or older cows? If the issue is with first lactation cows... Uh, Then I've got to take a look at my heifer raising program and see what might be happening there to cause that. If the mastitis is more prevalent in older cows, then I'm going to examine my dry cow program and or my milking procedures. Also, look at what's happening with that somatic cell count over the course of lactation. If the somatic cell count is highest in early lactation, then I have to look again at my dry cow and fresh cow management practices. And it is normal uh, to see those that somatic cell count doing some increasing over the course of lactation. But if that increase is is greater than normal, then I have to, again, examine milking procedures and the housing environment. So the point here really is that records are a tool, and they can be used to help manage the somatic cell count and mastitis in that herd.
0: What are the limitations of somatic cell counts and records? Is there Other information that's also needed to manage mastitis and keep somatic cell counts low, or is that it?
1: Yeah, that's, again, another good question, because that somatic cell count alone, uh, it doesn't tell the farm whether that mastitis infection is subclinic or clinical, although in most instances, uh, if we have somatic cell counts below 300,000, we probably are dealing with subclinical levels. Uh, And by subclinical, again, uh, that means no visible symptoms of mastitis. When we get into clinical mastitis, uh, then we're going to see visible symptoms such as flakes or clots in the milk, uh, swollen udder quarters, fever, loss of appetite, and the cow just might be just uh, in general kind of lethargic. Mastitis can also be classified as either contagious mastitis or environmental mastitis. And again, that's not something that we're going to know just by looking at the somatic cell count. Um, However, it Again, it's important for a farm to be able to identify whether those mastitis problems are contagious or environmental in order to go the next step, and that's to develop treatment and management strategies.
0: Rory, I want to talk about uh, the differences between contagious and environmental mastitis. How do you manage or how do you go about treatment strategies between those two? How do those two differ?
1: Right. Right. Uh, and that is an important question because contagious mastitis is transmitted from cow to cow or from quarter to quarter. So most frequently that means uh, this is happening in the milking parlor. Uh, and there are a couple of primary staph and strep bacteria that are responsible for this contagious mastitis. Now, environmental mastitis, on the other hand, is the result of infection organisms in the cow's physical environment. Uh, so if anything, if we can identify that as a... Uh, environmental organism, then we start looking at the cow's physical environment. So providing cows with clean, uh, dry environment in the barn is really important to managing environmental mastitis. So some factors uh, that uh, have to do with that include the amount, type, and cleanliness of bedding provided, the stall size, and then the frequency of removing or cleaning manure from the barn. The organisms that are responsible for environmental mastitis are different than those contagious bacteria. So culturing milk, uh, one way to identify and see what we've got here, we can culture milk from infected cows to identify specific organisms. And that's, again, useful because not all of our causal organisms respond to antibiotics. So if you think that I've got mastitis, I've got to treat with antibiotic, uh, you may just be wasting your time, wasting money, uh, discarding milk for no reason. So we want to make sure that antibiotics are used where they should, so antibiotic use uh, shouldn't again should not be the automatic default treatment option. We need to specifically identify what organism is responsible.
0: Our guest again here on the farm hour this morning from the OSU Extension office in Wayne County, Rory Levandusky, talking with us today about managing somatic cell count to improve milk quality and And Rory, are there some specific management practices? that are, I guess, across the board, generally considered important to help manage mastitis and also enable those somatic cell counts to to be kept low?
1: Yeah, there are. So um, establishing and following a good milking procedure, a good milking protocol, really goes a long way in managing and preventing both our contagious and environmental mastitis. And again, as you mentioned, to help keep that somatic cell count low. So some of the key practices are... Always, always milk clean, dry teats. Uh, water use in the milking process, uh, if you need a lot of water to be cleaning off uh, udders and teats when S-cows come in, uh, that, that raises a red flag. Uh, we, again, we want water use in that milking process should be minimal because water is really, it's an excellent pathway to spread pathogens. Uh, and that's going to, more than likely, if there's contagious organisms, uh, we're going to be transmitting them uh, from cow to cow. Another thing that can be done uh, is, again, look at that, your milking procedure, and it should include both a pre and a post-dip. And then you should need to pay attention to the time between that first contact with the udder, that first teat stimulation, and the time between that and the time you attach your milking unit. Milking unit should be attached 60 to 90 seconds after that teat stimulation. Another big key, uh, use disposable gloves while milking. Uh, It can have a big impact on reducing, again, the transmittal of uh, contagious organisms. Avoid over-milking. Again, I could go on and give more detail and explanation for each of these practices, but uh, I think in the interest of time today, I'll I'll just leave it there.
0: You know, Rory, typically we end our discussions with the question of, you know, where can somebody get more information about this topic? But in this case, I understand that there's also a, a milk quality program planned for next month uh, where people can get a whole lot more information. So give us the details about that.
1: Yeah. So Wayne County Extension is holding a milk quality workshop on Friday, December 6th. Uh, We'll be in the commissioner's meeting room that's located on the top floor of the Wayne County Administration Building at 428 West Liberty Street in Worcester. And this workshop is all about focusing on somatic cell count uh, and mastitis management. Workshop begins at 10 a.m. Uh, runs until about three o'clock p.m.
0: Okay, specific topics that are going to be covered, and if you would talk about who the presenters are going to be.
1: Yeah, we feel like we've got a, a really a good lineup of, of presenters. We're very uh, excited to have uh, Ben Inger. Uh, ben is a, an instructor and researcher with the OSU Department of Animal Sciences. He has uh, an office uh, here in Worcester at the on the OARDC campus. And our other instructor is Dr. Luciana da Costa. She's an OSU Extension Dairy Veterinarian in the Department of Veterinary Medicine. Now, Ben's uh, area of expertise and research is in mastitis and mammary physiology. And Luciana's specialty is mastitis and milk quality. So again, we've got uh, the people there that, that understand this topic, that can provide the information and, and explain uh, what our producers need to hear. Ben and Luciana are going to cover mastitis, pathogens, uh, the significance and use of the somatic cell count, milking preparation, milking protocols, uh, milk sampling, use of your DHI records, and dry-off procedures.
0: As we wrap up today, Rory, uh, two important things. Is pre-registration required for the workshop, and is there any cost to attend?
1: Yeah. Well, the cost is $10 a person, and that'll include your lunch and materials. Uh, We do thank our sponsors. Farmers National Bank, Farm Credit Mid-America, and PNC Bank for their help in defraying some of the cost. Um, and space is limited for this workshop, uh, so we are asking for pre-registration by November 29th to the Wayne County Extension Office at 330-264-8722.
0: Our guest again this morning, Rory Lewandowski from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County. Rory, as always, appreciate the time.
1: Thank you, Ron. Appreciate the opportunity.